Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name is Joe Glover and I'm so grateful for you listening today. Today we're hearing from Ash Pollack and Justine Nodes. Ash is from Etio and Justine used to work for lastminute.com. Now this was probably the single most stressful talk in the entirety of my life. Um, But not because of the content, but because of the context. Now Ash was stuck in Geneva when uh, he was due to be given the talk. But like a true pro, he just persevered and found a solution. So what we actually did, uh, we put Ash on a Bluetooth speaker. We had him speaking and then Justine was live in the room at at the same time. It was absolutely crazy i can't believe we pulled it off but actually if you listen to the podcast i think you'll find that you you probably while you hear the phone call obviously you don't really notice the difference in quality in the talk so actually on the talk ash and justine speak all about uh, a project with they worked on together but worked on it from opposite sides so justine was the client ash was the agency and they were speaking about the uh, they titled their talk the give a shit list i.e. the things that um, both the client and the agency care about, um, or in other words, gave a shit about. Now, uh, it was a really interesting talk, uh, not least because of the setup, um, but also because of the content. I just want to say a very quick thank you to the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, that's Barry from Bravo Marketing. Um, Bravo are lovely People. I mean, Barry is the encapsulation of uh, lovely humanity. He's also deeply passionate about uh, the creative process and creating results from creative processes. Um, so if you have any interest in creating something truly special that drives results, then please speak to Barry at bravomarketing.co.uk. Otherwise, I encourage you to look, uh, head to themarketingmeetup.com, get our newsletter, the Wednesday at 2 o'clock club, or... Uh, just come to one of our events. We're in 10 locations now throughout the UK and we'll be running about 100 events this year, which is bonkers, but very, very good. Um, With all that said, I'll let you enjoy the talk. So I'll see you soon. So my name's Justine Nodes. I'm currently working or starting out as a marketing consultant, but I've done 25 years in consumer marketing. So I've worked in FMCG, retail, travel, all sorts of different sectors, including fashion, food, homeware. And um, on my journey, the last sort of maybe seven, eight years, I've worked a lot with Ashley. And um, Ashley, my co-presenter, who's now in Geneva, and I are going to be talking about the client and agency perspective on the creative process, which is obviously a very, very big subject, but we're going to try and do it in about... Clearly, 15, 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> As I board a flight. Um, my, my name's Ashley Crowley. I'm Chris Director of SEO. Uh, we're a video agency. We work quite broadly. So, for example, at the moment, we're working with the Design Council and the British Museum. We've worked with retailers. We've worked with Wembley Stadium in sports. All sorts of things. Um, so, first of all, I just wanted to play an audio clip, um, which is from a man I've been very inspired by, a guy called Howard Gossage. He was an iconoclastic ad man in the 60s, and I think he really got to the nub of the challenge of creative people and the people that pay them to do their work. So if this works, it will be amazing when I press this. He says that advertising men are divided into what he calls maminoids 
and teleophobes. A mammonoid is one who believes in money and what money will buy. And a teleophobe is one who just doesn't like boredom. That's his chief aim and aim in life. Teleophobes are just what they sound like, people who hate tedium. These will include most of the very best copywriters and art directors. Maminoids are those who believe that tediophobes are as interested in money as they are. Maminoids, therefore, will cherish a childlike and absolutely unwarranted belief that if they give the tediophobe enough money, he will be happy and do what they want. It never works out. The more money he gets, the less obedient he becomes. So the first thing really in the creative process is the brief. And it's sort of very easy to just think it doesn't matter whether we write a brief or not. But actually, it's really, really, really critical that you do. And in fact, that you take the right amount of time to really vigorously think about what goes into that brief. Because ultimately, any creative agency or any creative person that you hand that to needs to understand what it is that you're trying to achieve from a marketing perspective. And don't expect an agency to solve your strategic issues unless you're paying them a lot of money to do so. What's important is that you solve your strategic questions ultimately before you hand over your creative brief. So, you know, take into account those big issues that you have outstanding and don't expect some creative agency to be able to solve them if actually all you're looking for is, you know, to design a leaflet. Don't think about the positioning of your product and expect them to solve that for you. Um, take into account your media budget. So, for example, if you haven't got a huge amount of media spend to put behind the creative assets that you're looking to, to design, then perhaps think about maybe only having one or two creative assets. There's no point asking for a dozen if you don't actually have the media to put behind all those different assets to actually distribute your message. Define the scope uh, of your brief. Think about the budget behind it. Think about your time. I always think of a brief in terms of a kind of triangle of time, quality and money. And actually it's very hard to have all three. So if you want something done in a record time, don't expect to do it cheaply and well. You're nearly always going to have to compromise somewhere unless you've got a huge amount of money and a huge amount of time. So just be realistic about what you can achieve. Get sign off internally to your briefs. So for example, if you know you've got some really important stakeholders that are going to be seeing your creative work, don't involve them right at the end when you're showing them creative work. Involve them at the very beginning so that they actually understand what it is you're trying to achieve from an objective point of view, which then safeguards you having to have some really difficult conversations when you're just looking at a creative piece of work. Know your customer. It's really, really important, I think, as a marketeer, that you should be the person that really champions the customer. How do they think? What do they want? What do you want to change about the way they're thinking? What perceptions do you want to change? What action do you want to provoke? And it's really important that you get that across on your brief to your agency. And the final point here is the context of the bigger picture. So how does this piece of work fit into everything else that you're doing? What other marketing strategies going on? What other advertising is going on? What other agencies are you working with? So that that creative brief fits into the bigger picture for the agency. Often when we first speak to a client, the question is more of a how question. And so in a way, it would be easier not to ask why and just to do 
what you're told to do, <laughs> um, just to to focus on the practicals of getting the job done. And so by asking why, you are going to be opening up challenging questions, um, conversations that are probably going to be difficult to have. But it's essential that you do that, that so you can get to the heart of a really great idea. And actually, to give away a little trade secret, <laughs> normally it's a client that comes up with the idea. And really, as a creative person, you're just there to counsel them, to listen, and then to form that into an executable, memorable idea. Back to you. So, how to get the most from a tediophobe or a creative, for um, another word for this. Well, we've talked about the brief. That is very, very important. Let them understand what it is you're trying to achieve. But. Um, People sometimes think that actually giving a creative person a brief is actually restricting them, but actually I think the opposite is true. What you're doing with that is you're giving them boundaries to work within, and then within those boundaries you're giving them a complete creative open remit to explore that space. And actually I think that's much <coughs> more um, liberating for them than trying to just give them sort of much bigger opportunities to think about things. Um, I think the other thing that's very important is don't keep changing your mind. If you've done the brief and you've done the briefing process properly and you've really thought about what you're trying to do, then if you're constantly changing your mind and constantly changing the brief, that's going to be massively frustrating for them. It's going to cost you money, it's going to cost you time, and you're probably not going to get the best work. So be prepared also to relinquish control. So if you are going to hire creative people, then let them be creative. And keep an open mind about what's going to come back. I think it's about trusting the work that you're doing in terms of your briefing and trusting your agency to actually, uh, or for you to have confidence in your agency to do a good job for you. And I think that means a little bit about just letting go of the reins a little bit and then seeing what, what comes back as a response to your brief. I know a lot of creative people, very talented creative people, that think that if they have a fantastic idea or a brilliant idea that that's enough. And what I've learned over the years is, I've hinted at this before, that normally it's a client that has the idea and it's really just your job to help them to find a way to communicate it. So, yes, it's not about you, it's not about how clever you are, it's about you really interrogating and getting to the heart of the brief and finding the idea within it, not necessarily just inside yourself. But um, the next point about standing up to your work, um, I've actually got a situation at the moment with a client where we wrote a script that was perhaps a little bit too challenging because it really pared back what was being asked really to its core, and I think that was quite challenging for the client. I'm literally getting on the plane, this is ridiculous. Anyway, so, um, as we've gone through the creative process, the script has got more and more complicated. And I've just had a discussion where we've essentially gone back to the beginning and um, challenged the client to re-explore what they want to communicate in the work. So, being a creative champion. So this is really written again from the client side, from, from the perspective that 
you're within an organization I've worked in very large companies I've worked in small companies with big budgets and small companies but ultimately you have to be the champion of your own work within your own company and ultimately you are representing the creative agencies that you are working with within your organization so you have to stand up for it and you have to be proud of it and you have to sell it in and a lot of the time as a marketeer you're seen as being a cost to the business and you really have to be able to convince people that the work that you're doing is going to somehow you know, move the bottom line and commercially is going to be worthwhile doing that. So it goes back again all the time to the brief, ultimately engaging people in the process early on for them to understand that the creative work does actually have a business objective and a marketing objective and a strategy behind it, gives people comfort. What you want to do in all cases is to avoid a discussion around a piece of creative work that becomes very subjective. Nearly everyone in the organisation has a view on marketing work and it's all very nice to hear everyone's views but actually ultimately you're the one that needs to know what it's got to deliver. So you have to be able to balance that sort of yes listening to people but actually ultimately knowing how you use the language of again your marketing objectives and why you believe that piece of work will deliver. Keeping the customer in mind at all times I think is also very helpful because a lot of the time internal conversations can forget the customer and people start talking about their personal views or what their wife thinks or what their children think or you know what Bob thinks down in the mailroom but actually this is about what does the customer think and probably and sometimes you may sometimes say okay let's put it in front of the customer and obviously with big advertising campaigns you would do that and plan to do that but you can do it more cheaply and you can do it more quickly if you need to. Um, I also personally try and have some key stakeholders within the organisation that I really trust. So those are people that I know sway other people and actually if I have them on board I know that's going to help other conversations. So I try and, and decide who those people are. And um, also with other pieces of work, and it kind of flies in the face of what I've just said, but there's something about trying to make sure that you've got people within the organisation that are supportive of what you're doing, even though they may not really understand what you're doing. And that also can be very helpful in terms of swaying opinion. So in terms of the best clients, Ashley was going to talk to the best clients, so I can't yeah, do Yeah, my oh, last. Oh, you're still my there? My last, but I can do this. I'm okay, still here. you're still here, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd gone. Like I didn't say this, anything this about you. This is my okay. brilliant presentation. I'm now sitting in my seat as the caption comes on. I think this is my last slide, so I might just pull this off. Anyway, the best clients are, um, I was going to say open-minded, um, willing for a discussion and a debate, and to be challenged as the captain. <laughs> and also that pay you on time. That was my last point. <laughs> okay. So, the best agencies. Um, I mean, this is obviously written very much from a personal perspective, and I think as a marketeer, you tend to end up working with agencies that work to your strengths and weaknesses, and you have personal preferences for certain types of agencies that ultimately work around your strengths and weaknesses, and a lot of the time, that can vary hugely. So this for me is very much my list, but for someone else, they may have a completely different list. But I think there are some, some fairly common elements that should be there. So for me, the best creative agencies, and these can be tiny or big ones, is they work as part of your team. So, you know, my last team, I had 16 people in the team, but actually the agencies worked as part of that team. The, um, the best creative agencies are challenging. So. If I had a junior member of my team write a brief that was rubbish, I would say to my agencies, you have got complete permission from me to be challenging to get that brief 
as good as it should be because I don't have the time to make sure every single one of my team is doing the best briefs, even though they should be. I need the agencies to do that because the last thing I want is for them to start working on a piece of creative that the brief is bad, that costs me money because ultimately they'll start on the work and then all these questions will come up about why the work isn't good enough and it'll go back to the brief and actually it'll be going back to the team. So it's not the design team's fault, it's the client's fault. So I want an agency that's going to challenge and make sure the briefs are spot on before they start work. But once they start the work, I want them to stick to the brief. That is also, um, for me, very important. And then I want them to deliver on time if they've agreed a time slot, and then I want them to deliver on budget if they've agreed the budget. So um, they might also present work that is, and you expect it to be, fantastic, and you want them to be passionate about it, and you want them to believe in it, and they present an idea that's on budget. I don't mind if they also sell me the platinum package, which is going to cost me more, but I still want to know I'm going to get what I've asked for for the budget. Um, I also, a good agency, will work within the media budget as well, so they won't work in isolation. At the beginning, they'll understand that you've bought media in press or you've bought media in you know, social or you're going to be doing all digital. They, they need to be part of that, and they are very happy to work with other partners. So an idea that one agency comes up with, you may say, actually, that would work brilliantly in PR or it'll work amazing in social. And you need to know those agencies will be collaborative and not just try and take each other's work all the time. A great agency will see the bigger picture. So they'll know when you give them a small piece of work how it fits into the bigger picture and that they are mature about the fact they may not have the biggest slice of the cake, but they still approach it as if it's the most important piece of work they've ever done. Um, I've already mentioned how passionate they are. I think the passion is so important because you want them to love your product or your service as much as you do and as much as the people do in the organisation and you want to feel that from them. And the other thing that I found enormously helpful is that the best agencies support me or the team in terms of selling internally. So if you've got a really tricky managing director or CEO or marketing director, it's nice to have the agency there with you by your side selling in the idea and it's not just you doing it because the agency ultimately should be the best people to sell in their own work. So that's the end of the talking slides. Um, and the last piece of work is a piece of work that actually I worked with, um, with Ashley. So Ashley's business, Etio, were doing... Hello? Are you still there? I'm still here. I think they'll make me turn my phone off in a minute, okay. but I'll talk quietly. No one will notice. Right, so do you, want to, do you want to make your points about the last minute work? Yeah, so I think Justin's going to introduce a campaign, but um, what did I want to say about this? I mean, this was one where it was kind of readdressing the brief. So we were being asked to do one thing and we naughtily thought there was a bigger opportunity. Maybe I should leave it at that. Yeah. But maybe if you introduce the yes. bigger context, that would be yes. more important and the video will explain more. Okay. So some of the rules were broken, having presented all of that, how it all should be. Some of the rules were broken on this project. Um, so I was working on a contract for, la uh, for lastminute.com in 2013. And they, um, we worked on a strategy which was called Love Living Last Minute. So lastminute.com 
is obviously an iconic brand, but actually what was happening with the brand was there was huge competition coming in with companies like Expedia, and we needed to re-engage with our customer base about spontaneity and what last minute meant. So the Love Living Last Minute was our strap line, and it was the essence behind our whole advertising strategy. But what we didn't really have was a social way of communicating that, and we needed to find um, a social campaign that would bring that idea to life. At the same time as that was going on, there was kind of conversations going on within the business and I couldn't really tell you who because everyone seemed to decide that it was their idea. But there was some discussion about whether we needed to hire someone in the business that would kind of be the persona of that campaign. So should we hire someone that would be an employee that would be this sort of love living last minute type character? So that kind of conversation was going on. And what Etio did was it took the essence of the brief, which was the social campaign and bringing Love Living Last Minute to life socially, but they took it way, way, way much further than we ever expected them to. And we found that we were engaging with all employees on this program. It was I've never worked on anything like it where literally it was like taking the seeds of lots of different people's ideas and then Etio took it and presented something that kind of blew us away in terms of you know what was possible and I had to go to the board to present this idea and we hadn't budgeted for the money for it and it wasn't a huge amount of money it was a hundred thousand which is not a lot of money but for a social campaign it is a lot of money and it's the first time I've ever presented a marketing idea where the board have said they want to give me more money so uh, on that note I will present a little video, I hope, that will work. Lastminute.com hired us to create a video for a Facebook competition. We turned this brief on its head, creating a campaign to find a spontaneity channel. The launch film was designed to talk not just to the people entering the competition, but also to visitors to the website and those who had heard about it through media, blogs and YouTube. For the social elements of the campaign, we enabled our entrants to become ambassadors for the brand, spreading the word via Facebook and Twitter. To keep our audience engaged, we created an episodic video series that followed the journey of the finalists and encouraged our viewers to vote for the winner. With an amazing 35,960 votes cast, we followed our winner, Jamie, as he embarked on a life-changing year of living more spontaneously. So the essence of that was we had this spontaneity champion and we, we gave this prize and then this spontaneity champion along the way to get that prize had to prove how he would be spontaneous. And the idea was that he would then spend a year traveling and he would take film and write stories that we would then use all the way through the whole year on Facebook to engage our audience. So it wasn't just the kind of campaign, but it actually really had legs that lasted much further than just purely the campaign. So um, on that note, I will say thank you very much for listening. I don't know if Ashley, you're still there. I'm, I'm still here, but they, they're making me turn my phone off. So yeah. <laughs> I hope that was helpful for everyone. And Thanks, Ash. Sorry about the challenges, but no, no, we did a, get there, didn't yeah. we? Amazingly. As an event organiser, that's uh, your nightmare, but we made it through it and it was really good. So thank you, guys. Thank you.